0: Seven o'clock, so welcome to Position of Neutrality, welcome to New Freedom. Is anyone in the room for the first time at this facility, at this meeting? One, two, three, good, very good. So first of all, welcome. And second, let us warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. The primary reason that's liable to happen is that we intend for you to have a very different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years now. We take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12 step recovery. Why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So, what we do. The 12th step says that we try to carry this message of this spiritual awakening to others. So that's all that happens here, is I'm going to try and show you how I find my experience in the book and encourage you to have your experience with the book. But if we both do our job, we will share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you folks have been here before and can witness that does happen? So a good percentage, and those of you online can't see, but they're raising their hand. So... In 12-step recovery, when we speak of a spiritual experience, we're talking about a sensory experience. You'll feel it. And when you do, I'll know, and I'll call it to your attention, because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without a demonstration of the power. Fair enough? So, tonight we're in step four, which would explain why there's some open seats. (laughs) No? No one... No one ever feared a fourth step? So let's just jump right in. Let's go to the bottom of page 63. Oh, you know what? As a matter of one matter, I I always like to remind people, the members, new members, especially if you're in here tonight, your family are welcome to this group, and your family is also welcome on Saturday to Chaplain Lee's service, the Recovery Church. And if you in in the community want to come and help, Celebrate people that are trying to grow in their beliefs at the Saturday church. You're welcome to come in for that too. Chaplain Lee knows how to minister to people who have had a difficult start in life. He spent 30 years in the Department of Corrections, so he's pretty good at working with addicts and horse thieves. Right? (laughs) Okay. All right, so we're on the bottom of, of page 63, and it says Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. So the first thing I would want to call your attention to is who's we? The first 100, 100, because this is their testimony. How many of you have attempted a fourth step? Good, a good percentage of you. How many would you describe your first effort at doing the fourth step as something less than a launching? (laughs) So something propelled the launch, right? Okay, so lack of power was our dilemma. So it's impi- entirely possible that we hadn't explained the encounter they had well enough in two to empower the decision in three to c- get the required launching. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if people don't launch, we simply have not called their attention to the encounter they had, right? Not with, not with me or with you, but with the power that we shared when we Embarked on the decision, right? Because we're going, okay. So so it says the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless it once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. So, have you discovered, those of you who have done an inventory, Things that had gotten in the way of you becoming a better version of yourself. Yep. Do any of you cling to old ideas and kind of want to hold an old persona while you, I mean, I just don't pick up. Otherwise, I'm the same guy. You ever hear that? Yeah. If that's true, I'm really <laughs> in trouble because yeah. that same guy does not stop using. Right. Yeah. No matter what the consequence so I, I better be radically changed, or I better be in that. But does it make sense? Okay. So then it says our liquor was but a symptom. How many of you suspected that? How I many mean, of you have friends that tell you, hey, man, you should not probably do a little less heroin. It's not... It's making you a little glitchy. And, and you, you think, my problem is not heroin. My problem is your attitude about my heroin. Yes. <laughs> because it was necessary for life. My alcohol, my methamphetamine, I'm trying to make it light, but we, we are kind of silly, right? But how many of us had that right? My alcohol and drugs were a symptom of an underlying malady. I learned that later. They were my solution. They were the power to live. Yep. Anyone else get? Oh, yeah. And then when that turned on me, those synthetic powers, then I really was screwed. Because yeah. now I had no solution. Okay, so... It says that that it could have little permanent effect unless we made a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves that have been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. So we agreed in our unmanageability, we couldn't make a living full of fear, right? We we saw that in in the step two introduction. And so now we need to go get armed with the facts about ourselves because those things have been obscuring my consciousness, my awareness of being aware of the divine being within me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. Can you see why therefore they would start? They knew I need power, I need power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing into me. I need it on a progressive basis and it's been obscured by my pomps, calamities, and worships. And I've got to find out what those are Cast them out and then go witness to others to keep them cast out. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so this is me going to find that out. So, a business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Any of you run a business and got broke? Okay, taking a commercial inventory is a fact finding and a fact facing process, it's an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damage or unsalable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. Sorry I read so long, but we have to read the whole paragraph in its entirety. And then when they said we did the exact same thing with our lives, they gave me sort of a picture of it. And now I've got to go back and deconstruct to see what they want me to find. Fair enough? So I'm going to go back, and it says, taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. How many of you have discovered that there's oftentimes a difference between other people's truth about me, my truth about me, and the truth about me? Yes. Okay, so this is an effort to narrow that gap. Did some of you have sort of a wide range? Okay. than I want. Yeah, yeah. Right, because once we get down inside, we discover the truth, and then we walk in that great reality. But until that time, I'm still haunted by personas—either the one I want to hold or the one someone else holds of me. Yeah, and it makes me less effective. Any of you had those things happen? Okay, so we need to get to the truth rather than my truth or your truth, but the truth, so that I can take these facts I'm going to find to the truth. I take the the facts that I am a hopeless alcoholic and drug addict. I don't stop until I'm locked up, chained up, in a coma, whatever. I do not stop. And I took those facts, a hopeless variety addict, to the truth, and I've been doing this for years and years and years. Because the truth frees me of those facts. Right? Okay. So... One object is to disclose damaged or unsalable goods and get rid of them promptly and without regret. So if there's one object, there must be another object. So what's the point of the search? To find the truth. To find the truth. How many of you thought that it was just about getting out a dirty secret? Because you hear that sometimes in the fellowship. (laughs) Oh, you're as sick as your secrets. Mm -hmm. That's true, but there are no secrets in the realm of the spirit. And we're not talking theories, we're talking realities here. So the, the fact that I think there's a secret from the divine is delusion. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Got me? Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is through all that crap, calamities, pomps, and worships, I'm trying to get down to the truth within me. Power and purpose. How many of you have had a spiritual awakening as a result of steps working with others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of you found that your sordid past became a tool to aid in limiting suffering and for millions? So that was power and purpose you discovered inside, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, if, i got to get down to, first we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure. Being convinced that self-manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So they're assuming I'm convinced, or I said I was convinced, and so they said being convinced, so when did they ask me if I was convinced? Wasn't that a condition of the third step? Yep. Convinced that... We were at step three. Yeah, we were at step three. So now they're re-upping on the decision. And if that, I am convinced of that, then I've got to go see what's up with me, right? With the, yep. my perceptions. So that they start out telling us exactly what to look for first. Resentment's the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. What's it? <laughs> resentment destroys... I've heard people joke about resentment. Resentment is a killer of humans in general, but particularly a killer of people with addiction issues. Yes. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease, for we've not only been we've been not only mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. That's a profound promise. How many of you kind of had it twisted for a while until someone introduced you to this manner of living? Because if I got the, I just don't pick up no matter what plan, and I haven't done anything spiritually, I'm going to be drunk or miserable or both pretty soon. Because that's just the way I roll. Okay, so I'm going to have to take care of the spirit because, see, I had a spiritual deficit which I filled with bottled spirits. And then I escaped me because that spirit allowed me to get free of me. I was not limited when I drank and used drugs. I mean, I didn't think I was, which is the same. <laughs> so um, so it tells us that in dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. What is that changed behavior for you? Yeah. So how did you used to deal with resentments before on you learned? On bar stool. <laughs> Sean, Sean shared them on the bar stool with anyone who would listen. Anyone else? Any of them go to work and share your resentments? So what, we, what we're going to start doing is quit poisoning our atmosphere and start getting ready to cast this stuff out, right? We're going to own it and then, okay. So it says we listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We ask ourselves why we were angry. I would suggest, just like they've always done in, in AA fellowship, probably, you know, do it one at a time. This is the institution I'm angry at. This is why I'm angry because if you just get a long list and try and fill it out, eventually you'll start seeing similarities and you won't really get the full disclosure of what's driving you. So anyway, in most cases it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. So how many of you had those discoveries? That relationships could sometimes end in disappointment? And sometimes we were disappointed because they wouldn't end, right? Yes. Okay. So on our grudge list, we said opposite each name, our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? So you've got to go through all of those things. And the thing that we make a mistake of is we hand them a workbook sheet and then we don't sit with them and realize that all humans have these issues. I need to know what they look like for me mentally and emotionally. Right. It's not enough to check boxes. We make the mistake of not telling people that. Because mm-hmm. I'm not armed with the facts about myself until I know that when I experience this fear, I'm driven, Myself self manifests in this right. way. Right. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to go. We went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. Why? Because our life is going to depend on it. Do you believe him? Do you believe your life depends on a thorough inventory, getting down to the truth, walking in power and purpose? Otherwise, I'll start drinking again. Yeah, being convinced that self-manifested in various ways is what had defeated us. And it's still going to keep doing that unless I am really thoroughly honest about those ideas that drive me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when we were finished, we considered it carefully. Why would I do that? How many of you have written down the story about you and then realized you had spun it a little, make yourself a little heroic? <laughs> um, we do, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, so we want to... It's not about heroism because this isn't about anything I've done. What I did was end up on a scrap heap, a dead man walking. And what he did, the one I made the decision to give the credit to, Take away my difficulties, the victory over them may bear witness to your power, your love. Right? So I'm gonna give credit to all that, so I need to know what I was like so that when I bear witness, I know the facts about me. Because there's okay. So the first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. Any of you figure that out today? If you live with humans, you probably figured it out. Okay? To conclude that others were wrong were as far as most of us ever got. Have you ever been stuck in that loop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Most of us have, right? The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Have you ever had a day like that? Today. <laughs> I know you ripped my ass when I walked in here. Um, you really did. Um, Sometimes it was remorse, and then we were sore at ourselves. Any of you do that? Yeah. Act out a little bit, and then you're just mad, and then you're just going to go back. And Okay. You know why I want you to find some commonality with them? Mm -hmm. Because rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. True. But it's not anyone in this room. It's these guys. But they they agreed on a a given path. The path first appears as a process, but then it appears as power, and then we walk in it. Right? Right. Okay. Okay, but the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters God. How many of you have had that happen? Yeah. You realize why now? You can't push on a rope. Well, and we're fighting with illusions, right? Because it's just a perspective problem. I'm fighting with my perspective. It may or may not be true. Any of you ever find out that what you thought was happening was not happening? Right. <laughs> yeah. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. Is that plain to you? Yes. And did you have the benefit of a step experience? Yes. Because one of the things we forget to tell people is this book is written at this point in past tense. They're They're telling you of an experience they had. When we first get here, my resentment was the only reason I lived when I got here. So you can't disarm me until you give me a better tool, right. right? So somebody had to walk with me. That's what the fellowship's good at, right? right? Not, the fellowship's not the program, but it's very good at helping us lay down those worldly tools and pick up other worldly tools, okay? So to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? How many of you didn't know you were permitting that terrible Feeling within yourself. All humans have that discovery at some point, right? The eagles wrote a song about it. So oftentimes it happens that we live our life in chains, and we never even know we hold the key. What's the key? The truth is the key. Okay. So, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. So all humans got this issue, but if I've determined myself to be an alcoholic, an addict of the hopeless variety, this business of resentment infinitely grave because it will block me off from the sunlight of the spirit that I desperately need to live. Right. We found that it's fatal, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. With us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger, many of you can't imagine a life free of anger? I, it, I, could, I would have had to raise my hand years back because like I told you, resentment was what, my reason for living. And I know there's people not unlike me here because I've met with you. <laughs> um, but we do get periods free of anger and when we learn to discipline our thinker, we don't allow it to take control. And we, have, we find that we're empowered to be kinder than we feel like being. Yep. And eventually, we start even thinking differently. Yep. Any of you had people, as you've grown in this thing, tell you how you should feel when you don't feel that way? Yeah. You should really be angry. Yeah. yeah I don't want to. <laughs> Keep yep. growing in the spirit. It'll happen to you. Yep. Okay. So the grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. So what do they mean by that? Those are old English words. Hmm? Any of you ever found out how kind of cranky you were? Do you ever get mad at yourself for how cranky you were? Come on, who's been walking and you're, like, pretty soon you know, oh, I really am bitchy. (laughs) Screw me. Lock me up, right? Have you caught yourself doing it? How many of you had to have someone call at your attention? What's the matter? What's going on? Nothing! (laughs) It's Monday. (laughs) So that's the grouch, and, of course, the brainstorm is, you know, that sudden... Burst of energy. If you ever ever just take off in a position without really thinking it through? Uh-huh. Got a really bright idea and just launched out on a course of vigorous action uh-huh. without fully considering the consequences of said action? Uh-huh. So those things are not for us right. because, well, we know. So they may be the dubious luxury of normal men. So what do they mean? People that aren't alcoholic. And what does dubious mean? Yeah, if they want to run away like that, at least they won't burn the house down over it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably go home eventually. I'll go live under a bush. <laughs> okay. so, but for the alcoholic, these things are poison. So we're separating ourselves from humanity. In Not that I'm not going to be human and they're not human, but, but that my alcoholic condition requires that I maintain a higher spiritual consciousness. Yeah. Or, or I'll be too sensitive and I'll have to medicate. All right, so we turn back to the list for it held the key to the future. What's the key to the future? The truth, that power to live, right? We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. Why? Because the old angle was not working. Something changed in us when we encountered that power, right? How many of you would not do a four-step, would not even consider, and then one day you were open-minded enough to do it? Mm -hmm. Why, Why that day? Apparently there was an encounter, right? Okay. So we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. How many of you have concluded that? Where's my (laughs) meth addicts? You guys knew that long before the rest of us. (laughs) They were everywhere, right? In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How much do you think the wrongdoing of others is fancied and how much do you think is real? Most of it's fancy. Yeah, I would think so. Because I doubt if any of you think about me quite as often as I think about me. You're probably busy thinking about you. And we just bumped into each other. How about you people that are more spiritually enlightened? And you know it's their fault. (laughs) Because the the real has the power to kill you, too. So I like to call it to your attention. Because sometimes we get a little indignant. Maybe a little self-righteous as opposed to righteousness, right? And, and we're, I know they're wrong. Okay, right. but you're still dying, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. So how could we escape would be the question. So anytime they put a question mark, that's the obvious thing. Okay, I acknowledge all of that, so how do I escape? Well, I could follow their path. So what they said was, we saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? Question mark. Okay, I've got to master a master of resentment. How many of you tried to master a resentment? How many of you were pretty sure you got it done? How many of you had a reminder that you didn't have quite done? Right? Okay. So this is what they did. We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. So the very first thing they tried to do is wish their resentments away. Did anyone relate to their plan? Yep. Again, they told us this book is not about perfection. They're telling you all the things they did wrong to get to the one thing they did right. Yeah. Okay, so this was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Oh, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It says that though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. So what are their symptoms? Resentment, fear, guilt, shame, remorse. Yeah, same thing I got going on. Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear... Guilt, shame, remorse. No wonder I am so familiar with that condition. (laughs) Spotted a mile away. So this is a place, if you're a student of that other book, how do you see the speck in your brother's eye when you can't see the plank in your own eye? Better you should remove the plank from your eye so you can better see to help your brother. The plank in my eye is my perspective. And if I'm judging you from a worldly perspective, I'm always going to misperceive. Right. And that's what they're telling me. This is what's up. I need to see them as sick. Right, as opposed to how I do see them some of the time, which causes a disturbance in me, not in them, because the world has no power to cause how I think and feel. It reflects how I'm thinking and feeling, because that's the nature of a being. Okay, so we ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. So immediately when I'm disturbed, I'm going to ask God for those of you that have been here before, when I say God, you say power. We're going to ask power to work through me and treat them with the same kindness I offer a sick friend, right? Yep. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, "This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him?" So I'm asking for wisdom. I'm receiving it. God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. What's God's will? Apparently that I should have this encounter and that I should know that there's a power in me to be kinder than I feel like being right now. And grow in consciousness in that moment. Does that make sense? Okay. So we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. How'd they learn that? By doing it. Because they did some regretful things just like all of us will. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Claim that promise. How many of you just desperate? You won't even sit in these rooms if you don't have a heart to help. So how many of you have a desperate heart to help, but sometimes you want them to take the help you want to assign as opposed to hearing what help they want? Because sometimes in our effort to do that, we assume we know their need and God knows their need. And I haven't listened to God or them yet to see what the specification is. Any of you ever do that? But if even if I can't help, God will show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view. So no matter what, I get my spiritual awakening as the result of these steps if I get into discipline. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, and it says each and every one. Sometimes we walk around, and it seems like we've fallen into a bucket of assholes, huh? It's like it's hard to imagine that each and every one, but that's a promise. Okay, so referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. So they're getting into the inventory, the part everyone dreads. I need to find it, because where'd they say the main problem of the alcoholic was? In the mind. In the mind. Where'd they say the solution was found? Deep, down, deep inside. down inside. So neither the problem nor the solution are external. They're all in me. So I better find out that the answers for me are in me mm-hmm. or I'm in trouble. Does it make sense? Yep. Okay. So it said, where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Remember in step three, they told us driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. Now we're going to go find the truth out about us. What sort of delusion was I in? And how did that lead to self-seeking behavior, and what was the fear that drove that? And then how did I end up in this self-pitying condition or whatever it is, right? So I'm going to know all about how my self manifested so I can be a proper witness to the power, okay? So though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person entirely. Notice the word tried. How many of you had trouble disregarding the other person? Yeah. Yeah. We do, because we're clinging to that. That's why you might have another human to help you with that power, because unforgiveness will kill you. Right? So another human can carry that burden for you. That's why we have sponsors. All right? So where were we to blame? They ask that a lot, don't they? Mm -hmm. Because, again, I have to find a part. Even if my part is only unforgiveness, I have to find it. Otherwise, I don't get free. The inventory was ours, not the other man's. How many of you have done that? Started writing your inventory, and then you wanted to just talk about all their character defects in, in your inventory? Right. We all do it, write to a person. Okay. So when we saw our faults, we listened to them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs, honestly, and we were willing to set these matters straight. They say that matter-of-factly. Why? I've encountered power. I know it's sensory. I know I'm freer than I've ever been, and I know I want to be freer than this, and it's promised. And if I will just pursue it with the same zeal, half the same zeal I pursued, dope, I'm going to get a progressive recovery. Make sense? Okay. So notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and the wife. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve, but did we not ourselves set the ball rolling? Yeah. So they talked about that in step three, right? We agreed to it in three as an act of faith that at some time in the past, I've made decisions based on self which later placed me in a position to be hurt. You notice in three, I did that as an act of faith now I'm going to get my eyes open to the truth of exactly what that looked like for me. Which is why I want to know, because I'm going to need that, because I'm going to encounter people a lot like me, and it is that very testimony that will avert suffering for them. Make sense? Yep. Okay. So sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. Do you think that's like sort of over the top language? Or how many of you have lived in a fear that stole opportunity from you? Yes. Big time. Almost all of us have, right? So, so it should be classed with stealing. I'm stealing my best life from myself because I'm allowing fear to be an impediment to my growth. Yep. Okay. So we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. How many of you have experienced a fear that you had no resentment in connection with and didn't know what to do with it. Of course my people that have suffered from depression. It's real. It's a force, yes. It's anger, <laughs> anger without enthusiasm. It's all it's it's not it's not got an outward manifestation. It's it's got an inward manifestation. We ask ourselves why we had them. So I need to See why I possess these fears. If you looked at some of the fears you have that drove some of the things in your life. With addicts, I love my favorite one because it was so clear in me. I would drink and do whatever every night until I was sick, and I'd be the only one in the tavern or in the dope house, and I would stay there all night because I knew if I left, I might miss something. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, and I made a lot of other decisions based on that fear. I, I was unable to be faithful. I was unable to do a lot of things for the very same reason. So, anyway. So, wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? That's a question for everyone to answer for themselves, right? But there's a question mark, because eyesight without insight, spiritual blindness. I need to see, am I afraid of this because when I relied on myself in the past, I fell short? Because in this new thing, I'm a new creation. What happened before is not necessarily what's happening now, okay? So self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. How many of you had that? Very confident, but then when it did have a, when fear cropped up, you were oftentimes rude or bullish on people and then missed an opportunity. Anyone ever do that? You were so confident, but you were a little afraid, and then you just ripped somebody that you probably should not have ripped. Yeah. Those are kinds of the manifestations we might see. So perhaps there's a better way. We think so. For now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. When I say God, you say what? Power. So I'm going to trust and rely upon this newfound power within me, right? So that you don't get out in the weeds thinking theologies and, oh, the Christians hurt me, and... Let's stay away from all of that and let's just talk relationship. What's relationship? I converse, I understand based on what I'm hearing back and, I, and I'm changed in the relationship, yes? Okay, so, so perhaps there's a better way. We think so for we're now on a different basis. Oh, I say, I did that, trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We're in the world to play the role he assigns. So how many of you have to admit that at times... It seems that we've got a rather shitty assignment. Yes. (laughs) Almost all of us, to a person. When things start going dim, it's like, why me? Anyone? Uh Yeah. But it's the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Who better than me to play this role? I've been prepared all my life for this moment. How many of you have learned that? Yeah. Have you not survived 100% of the nonsense you've gone through to this moment? How many of you have been through a whole bunch of nonsense? I should see every hand in it. Just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. So that's what we're going to grow into. A lot of us, when we first get here, we're, we're hesitant to give credit, even though I agreed and I've received freedom. We're hesitant to give free. What will they think of me? Well, dude, when you were eating out of the dumpster last week, I'd tell you what they were thinking of you. Yeah. (laughs) Good, I've been there. Mm -hmm. Um, We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it's the way of strength. So it's not a weakness to say I'm reliant. It's not a weakness to say I'm dependent. In fact, many doctors declared me dependent. But they said I was dependent on drugs, synthetics. And I found that once I encountered this power and got into the disciplines, i demonstrate my dependence on divine power by constant prayer and meditation as I go through the day and bearing witness. Does that make sense? Okay, so the verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. So a lot of times we ask, God, what do you want me to do? And that's the wrong question. God, what do you want me to be? I'm a being. He's the doer. Right. And I'll get instruction in being, and the doer will handle the rest. That happens around here all the time, by the way. People, We're in a meeting today, and we were talking about all the things we needed to do. We needed to get a hold of... Somebody had access and get a problem solved, and I needed to get a hold of, oh, somebody about a thing coming up next week with one of the counseling services that does services like us. And so in the middle of that meeting, while we're talking about it, I get a letter from a guy who wants to bring the counseling service CEO here and wants to bring the access head here. <laughs> right. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. True story. Anyway. Now what did I do? Oh, okay, so instead we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. So that's why we got to get past this fear problem because faith is the one substance powerful enough to overcome my control addiction and my control addiction is the one thing that doctors can't help with, help me with. I don't have an addiction to chemicals, I have an addiction to control. And chemicals were a symptom. That was one of the ways I tried to control my emotional nature. Yeah. Okay. All right. So at once, we commenced to outgrow fear. That's good news, right? Okay. Here's where everyone gets squishy. (laughs) Now about sex. Yes. Many of us needed an overhauling there. But above all, and those of you that live here, we got cameras. (laughs) So don't think you're fooling us. We know, just, just a reminder, yeah. it's so easy to get way off track, here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes perhaps, one set of voices that cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation, and then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it, or it isn't the right kind. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever found yourself on that plane? No. In a new and exciting <laughs> relationship? You found yourself there twice a week. What are you do? <laughs> They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for his fare. The other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. So how many of you have been on both sides of that equation? They told us that they discovered that as alcoholics, they were a bit extreme. Mm -hmm. If I find myself for procreation only and not enough, not the right kind, Mm -hmm. oftentimes in the same 24 hours. Anyone? (laughs) You're hiding. No, (laughs) I'm. If you don't see feathers, it's just not. Okay. All right. Okay, so what they said is, we want to stay out of this controversy. Why did they conclude that? Because we don't need to get into it. It's the same issue with the plank and the Spec. Right. I I have a perception, but what I do not know is their intent, even though I may assume I know their intent, right? And I don't know. How many of you have been sure that something wasn't going to work out and then it did better than you thought? Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. So what can we do about them? So we're going to quit worrying about what we perceive as sex problems and see what's going on within me that's causing this disturbance. Yeah? All right, so we reviewed our own conduct over the years past. So am I judging them through the lens of my past experience and assuming everyone's just like me and then condemning them for it? Don't do it. I might do that, but that's not a very good plan given that I I led a little bit less than a perfect existence. Yeah? Right. Okay. Some would say a a lot less. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Mm -hmm. So that in every instance there, this is your tenth step for a lifetime, you find it in the middle of page 69. Interestingly enough, alcoholics talk about sex on page 69. Just something you should know. know? So in every instance I've been selfish, I've been dishonest, I've been inconsiderate, or I wouldn't be there. And it isn't about an outward dishonesty. An outward dishonesty manifests when I lie to me first. You don't deserve the truth, you don't, you know... I deserve this from you, whatever. I had to lie to me before I could lie to you. That's the one I need to know. Right. And then inconsiderate just means I never considered. A lot of times I did a lot of harm because I never considered their point of view. Because I was too busy working on my point of view. Kay? So whom had we hurt? How many of you have found that your intentions may have been aligned, and, but you ended up doing harm? Any parents in the room? Any children that got to see you acting out towards a spouse or any of those types of things? So we, there's, there's casualties we don't intend, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Yep. Okay. Were we, where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? So we're going to move right to a solution. Once we get to it, we're going to move to a solution so we can start asking to get this stuff cast mm-hmm. out, right? How many of you found a lot of commonality when you did your inventory? Like a lot of, you learned a lot of relationship skills early before they were sexual, but then you acted the same way in all kinds of, yes? Yes. Yeah, okay. We got this all down on paper and looked at it. In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. So how many of you want a future sex life? Like six of you. You're lying. (laughs) Again, we have cameras, man. Okay, those of you who don't want to admit to wanting a future sex life, if you were to have a future sex life, would you like to have a sane and sound ideal for it? Yeah. 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 Okay, let's work on sane and sound instead of, right? Because this is about relationships, not just sex, but sex is a common manifestation that causes trouble for humans. Yeah. The old timers that showed me this said, Joe, put everyone down, you probably fucked them all anyway. Think they were trying to make a point I don't not, think they're, I don't think they, think they were, were bragging anymore. for me sure um, so we re- subjected each relation to this test whether it's selfish or not how many of you right. found out you weren't the best judge of your own intention and action whether it's selfish or not yeah that's one that's why we need a power greater than ourselves how many of you had an intention to get sober long before you could ma- manifest any outward action to show it so yeah. we're terrible judges of our own right. intent yeah. right right we don't think we're mentally ill but it's, Grave emotional and mental disorders. <laughs> I are one. Yeah. Okay. So we ask God to mold our ideals and help us live up to them. I'm going to have right. to know that God's real. I'm going to have to know that God's tangible, sensory, and that, that he is a rewarder of faith. I'm going to have to know that or I'm not going to do this. Right. Right? So, um, We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. Whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. Why do they use the word must there when they told us this was a suggestive program? It seems weird, doesn't it? Must has more than one meaning. You wouldn't I mean, to do anything else? I, it's, a, like, it's a no-brainer. Right. I would not have uncovered all this garbage to get to the truth if I did not want to grow from here to this other place they told me I could go. Rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence which I hadn't even dreamed possible, he said. And if I didn't know that and didn't believe that, so I unearthed it and I must be willing to do something about it or I wouldn't have gone through that. Does it make sense? So of course you're ready. Your, Your mind may tell you you're not ready, but you wouldn't have got this far if you weren't. True. Okay? We must be willing to make amends where we've done harm. Same use of the word must. It's not a rule but I have to do this to get free of me so I'm free to be me. Right? Yeah? Okay. So provided that we do not bring about still more harm in so doing. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. Hence the old timers telling me that. Any other problem is the same, same relationship. I'm giving more power to the external than the internal. Any of you ever do that? Yeah. So to give you an idea, there was a time when the halfway houses would send you out to work, they'd take your money until you had... You're all paid up in rent, and I would work with guys at halfway houses, and they would get paid up in their rent, and they're like, they're going to give me money this week. Will you hold my money, because I'll get high? I said, no, but what I will do is sit down and inventory your relationship with money, because right now money's your higher power. How many times did you get high with no money? Oh, all the time. Okay. You ever The money got nothing to do with it. Okay. Anyway, in meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. So this is serious stuff, getting this relationship thing figured out, because my relationship with creator is my relationship with creation. So anytime I'm finding a disturbance in creation, I want to check in with creator. And this is my practice to find out how many of you got a milestone for the growth you hope to experience, and you found when you looked at an old inventory that you'd undershot the mark that you had actually become a better person than you ever had hoped to be. Right. I, I am that guy. I never right. wanted to be as good a guy as I am. I'm a very flawed man. I am. Right. To this day, I'm a very flawed man, but I am far better man than I ever wanted to be. I will tell you that. Yep. So God alone can judge our sex situation. Who? Oh. God. God. It'll sound like everybody else can, though, huh? Okay. Counsel with other persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty careful to say, look, talk to a trusted advisor, try and sort out your thoughts, but remember, the answers for you are in you. And we're terrible at opinions, right? We paid thousands of dollars for informed medical opinions, lied to get those opinions, and then ignored the results of those opinions. Yes. So, so what we really need to do is have some coaching. Like, how free do you want to be? Yep. Let's look at it. Let's look at the record, see where we're going. Okay. We realize that some people are as fanatic as, about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Mm-hmm. How many of you just went out searching for opinions so you got one you had already formed? <laughs> some of us have done that, right? And then we, we hose that and then we go, oh, maybe I should have done that different. Yeah. Okay. That's why we got a step that says, when wrong, promptly admit it, because the freedom of the spirit is, if you mess it up, then you get to stand at a podium and tell people how you messed it up, and God straightened it out. Right? Okay. Suppose we fall short on the chosen ideal and stumble. Any of you ever freak out about that? Pick an ideal and then go, that sounds a little strict for me. How many of you did that early recovery? Thought you were going to just be perfect, weren't ever going to have thoughts, and then found out you had thoughts. And that, any yeah. of you ever had that happen? Yeah. yeah. Did that mean the end? No. See, this is the, We want to call it the way we think. Some of us, if we can't do it perfectly, screw it. Right. Because that's our nature. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of quitting that boy. Right. Yeah. No one ever said that about you. Yeah. <laughs> he said it about me. <laughs> um, the only thing I never quit was drugs. Well, I didn't quit drugs. No, it was removed didn't. from me. Amen. Amen. I ain't no quitter. But I I, ain't no quitter. Not in that <laughs> regard. But I have done the take this job and shove it a time or two. Yeah, you did. Um, uh, you, you did. Does this mean that we're going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but it's only a half truth. It depends on us and our <laughs> motives. Again, the desperation to come to know the power within me because I don't know my motives. I can tell you I do, I could profess them to you, but I've done nice things for people because I think I'm a nice guy, and when they didn't receive it right, I've still been mad at them. So I don't know my motives. So I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need an arbiter for me. Okay? Um, if we're sorry for what we've done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we'll be forgiven. <laughs> we'll learned our lesson. Do you understand why they talk about asking God and then believing they've been forgiven? And some people don't like that because of where they are spiritually. You just need to forgive yourself. Please, please don't believe that. We're not any good at forgiving ourselves. We don't have to. God meets us where we are and we are forgiven, act like it. That's what we got to do, right? right? Because it needs to be removed. It needs to, be, it needs to empower me to avert suffering for others so that the meeting is rearranged in my mind. Okay? Um, and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things. We believe we'll be forgiven. We'll have learned our lesson. If we're not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we're quite sure to drink. How many of you have had a... A run of just bad behavior and and ended up high. Yeah, So we, most of us have some history with it. So we're not theorizing these are facts out of our experience. To sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for strength to do the right thing. So what they're suggesting, is before you enter into any intimate relationship, make sure that your relationship with him is right and take him in consciously. Amen. Yep. And then do what it's indicated. Right? right. Okay? Um, if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. Where's my people working with others? They're the people for, for whom sex is very troublesome. <laughs> Okay. So we think of their needs and work from this takes us out of ourselves, it quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. You ever find that out? One of the things we do bad in fellowships is we tell, go to a meeting and tell somebody your trouble. troubled. the worst advice we could ever give to them. Yes. Go to a meeting, find someone who's hurting, and ask them how you can lift their burden and see what happens to yours. Yes. We're, we are here to serve, not to be served. Don't get it twisted. Right. If we've been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. How many of you have done a personal inventory? Mm -hmm. One or two? Was it a lot? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We have listed and analyzed our resentments. Yep. Is that true? Yep. We've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. Look at the words they use. Begun. To comprehend. Right. So we're starting to lay down those tools, and we're starting to walk into a new freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. First, the fourth step is the first step of action, which will continue for a lifetime. Right. And I've got to—we forget to tell people that they get in arguments where you do one four step. You do as many freaking four steps as you need to to grow consciously, and then you get into tenth step, and you. Start disciplining your thought life. But there ain't no rules, man. If you, if you need to put it on paper every day, reach out to one of us who's willing to hear it, because we are, because we get a buzz when we find the truth for you. <laughs> okay. okay, so we, we've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. Is that starting to happen for you? Yes. We've listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. So they're telling us the condition of a thorough fourth step, aren't they? Right. They're starting to tell us because we're starting to move into the manner of living now. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. I always like to call to people's attention when the authors did this. There's the first 100 who agreed on every word, but half of them were atheists or agnostics when they Started on this journey, they encountered yep. power, and now those same men and women are witnessing that faith did for them what they could not do for themselves. Right. Amen. Right. We hope you're convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. Yep. So for those people, they said that we they were very troubled with the thought, but their experience showed they need not be disconcerted. So if you're sitting there with doubt, Okay, go through the process. The doubt will be removed by the experience. All you've got to have is the capability of being honest with yourself. Am I restless, irritable, and discontent? Or am I feeling a flow of the spirit? And which do I prefer? Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. I prefer a flow of the spirit. So when I discover restlessness within me and start spraying it out on the world through my perspective, the thing to do is discipline the thinker. And when I can't do that, Call somebody who will help me do that. Or go find someone to work with another alcoholic instead because nothing so much ensures immunity as intensive work with others. Does it all start to make sense now? Okay. So if you've already made a decision, so what was the decision? Third step. Third step, whatever you said in the way of a prayer, and you're now empowered, and now you've produced an inventory. How many of you all of a sudden got power and produced an inventory and didn't even know that happened. Tammy's sitting here tonight. She had such a day, once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Did, had no intention of doing an inventory, did you, Tammy? I, I thought I was going to get a call from somebody else. And, and the next day she called me. She goes, Joe, my inventory's done, and I want to go over it with you. I said, we right. weren't even doing your inventory. Mm-hmm. But she was in the room for the prayer. Anyway, it's true. True story. And I laugh when I see her sitting here doing, because it was funny. Um, it wasn't as funny in this room, but it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, so if you've made a decision in inventory your grosser handicaps, then you've made a good beginning. So they're just talking about, yeah. I'm just starting out in this manner of living. Much more is going to be revealed, right? And it's yep. a progressive freedom. That being so, you've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Yep. Is that true for you? And those of you that are contemplating it, the reason we do it is to get free of ourselves. That's it. So next week, we'll look at 5, 6, 7. Thanks very much.